anyway, so that's it. So I told you to go to Romans chapter 12. We'll pick up where we left off as I was meditating and praying this week because um, we were talking about uh, the three types or the three categories of what we call the anointing of God. And I didn't want to leave anybody hanging because I know I mentioned it last week. And I really do want to say I appreciate everybody hanging in there and just pulling on uh, the Spirit of God last week. Uh, it, it was just quite a, an interesting flow. Um, and so I just want to finish up with that. But Father, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for your giftings, your abilities, your calls, and your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we talked about how every believer has what I call the general anointing of God. And remember, when I say anointing, I just mean the word ability. That's all that means. An ability for something. You've been equipped, you've been anointed for something. The analogies in the Old Testament are like king and priest and prophet. And if you remember when Samuel anointed King David and he poured that oil over him, he was just setting him apart for a specific ability. And that's all anointing means, right? And so every believer has been set apart for the ability of knowing we said last week, you have an anointing, you have an ability from the Holy One, and you know all things. And we talked about that last week. Then we also talked last week about what I call the specific anointing, that every believer has been given a ministry gift, a specific gift, a specific ability to serve the body of Christ and the world. Yes. I'm going to say that together, to serve the body of Christ and the world. I understand that, that the gifting Father has given me is an ability to pastor and to teach people, right? And it took me a while to actually be convinced that that's true. And so don't be shocked if there's a process for you to discover that yourself and, and to be continually persuaded in it over your life. But I now understand that that ability God has given me is for you guys as our church family, but it's also for my world. I have pastored as many people outside the church as I have inside the church. Right, again, I, I'll tell you stories about that. You know, we, we were living in Canada and uh, I had a, a fishing buddy whose name was also happened to be Brad, except the difference of this Canadian Brad and me is my Canadian Brad had a boat. The American Brad didn't have a boat. So, uh, so I, was, I was grateful to have a Canadian Brad that had a boat. And so we would go fishing and he would take me out on his boat and we'd go out there and have a good time. And we'd build this friendship and we'd talk about life and we'd talk about God. And it was just very normal and natural. And we'll need to teach you this year on that uh, coming up because it's a lot easier than we've ever imagined. Right. And so we would just just converse and talk about stuff. Well, one day he calls me up and he had said, Hey, Brad, you want to go fishing? And I said, well, you know, the answer to that question. I said, yes, when we go in and he said, well, let's, let's go here and here and meet me here. And I said, okay. So I meet him there that morning. I remember you dropped me off and we get on the boat and he takes out and we anchor up and we're getting ready to fish for sturgeon. We were fishing for white sturgeon in the Fraser river and we're set up and we about to get the rods all set up and we're in place. And then he goes, well, I kind of wanted to bring you out here on an ulterior motive. And I said, well, sure. What, what is it? Tell me what's going on. He goes, well, since you're my pastor. And I remember going, pardon? Because <laughs> he didn't come to church ever in the 10 years we lived there. 
Never came to the church, never came to the gathering. All him and I did was fish. And he says, but since you're my pastor, I was wondering if you'd marry me and my fiance. I said, absolutely. He goes, good. I thought I had to go to join the church or something. (laughs) Right? So I just sit there and just say, this ability God has given you is for the church and your world. And we've missed the and your world part a whole lot. That's why you don't have to do what you see me do on a Sunday to be a pastor. You may have a pastoral gifting that never stands up like this in a public setting ever. I learned that in Canada. We had a gentleman in the church. We called him Uncle Pete. His name was Peter Burrell. And Pete had a true pastor. I looked at, he was gifted. He was anointed to pastor people. And I would beg and plead for him to teach and share in the church. And he said, nah, that's what you do. I don't do that. And finally, I had to force him twice. I could only in 10 years, I only could force him twice to teach, right? But he was a used car salesman. And his office was the busiest office at Maury Nissan in Burnaby, British Columbia. People would come and sit in his office and just talk about God and get counsel for life and ask him questions. Most of them didn't even buy cars. <laughs> they just knew where Pete's office was. So they'd come to Pete's office. And he'd have people over in his home. And he pastored, I can't tell you how many, literally probably hundreds of people. And he pastored us. He was one of our pastors that was up there. And it was a gifting. Does this make sense? I think many times what we've done is we have created, and this is not wrong, please hear me, we have created offices, public ministries, titled places, please, not wrong, but because we say this is pastor, we paint a picture for people, well, that's only, I can only pastor right here in this little circle. It's a very limited definition. But what I want to start looking at today is the understanding that they were first called gifts. And some of the gifts might lead a person into a public office or a ministry. But it was always a gift first. It was an anointing. It was an ability. Does that make sense? So let's do some fun. Let's do some homework. And I want to get to some more because we're talking about and leading up to what is called the corporate anointing. But before I can get there, I felt by the spirit I needed to talk about this stuff uh, to begin a conversation with you. And then it'll make the corporate anointing make sense. Right. Because the corporate anointing is more than goosebumps. The corporate anointing is more than even like what we felt this morning, a tangible presence of God. It it includes that. Don't get me wrong. But there's more to the corporate anointing that we have to unpack first. Does that make sense? So go to Romans chapter 12. And I hope people are taking notes. I see some people are. We're going to create a list. We're going to make a list this morning. So I need my good listers to write down some stuff. And we're going to compile a master list. Anybody ever done a master list before of something? So this morning we're going to make, I know, I know I live with a master lister. Amen. Even my underwear has a list. It's awesome. It does. Uh, So we're going to look at this and get at the end of the day and create a document that I'm going to ask my wife, my helper to help me get into your hands. Okay. So again, this is all new. Y'all hear me do stuff with her 
don't be shocked. It's all okay. Right? If you hear me stand up and again, invite people over to my house and, and just, and she's used to it. Right? So there's no fights later. You don't have to intercede for us. Um, anyway, so here, Romans chapter 12. Um, and you got to start in verse one just because you got to, right? It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, let's stop right here. We're going to talk about our sacrifice of service. Now, don't be scared by the word sacrifice, right? Don't be driven away by that word. But we do have to start our conversation about giftings with understanding that the gifting God has given you Whatever you discover God has anointed, anointed and equipped you to do, that is your living sacrifice. That is your reasonable service. All oh, some of you right there. Does that make sense? Yes. My Amplified Bible says this is your reasonable service. Is that what we're talking uh, uh-huh. about? It says your rational and intelligent. That's exactly right. It's just kind of obvious. This is this is who I am. This is what I do. Yes. Chapter twelve, Romans. Chapter twelve, Romans, verse one. Because sometimes we we talk about that living sacrifice piece, and we don't always paint the picture of what that is. What? It's all dying to self. And there is an aspect, Penny, that it could be called dying to self, in the sense of I have to first be willing to sit there and say. Am I willing to do this? Now, have you ever wondered about this verse? Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Right? Well, what is your cross? Right? Many times people, we look at that and, and remember what the cross was to Jesus. The cross was Jesus' anointed place. It was his anointed ability. The thing that only he could do was his cross. And he did it for the sake of salvation. So your cross that when Jesus says, hey, you need to take up your anointed place. You need to take up that thing that you will willingly give your life for. For the sake of salvation for the world. Does that make sense? So that's why Paul starts and he says, hey, present your body, present your life as a living sacrifice to the gift God has given you to do. That's just your reasonable service. People sometimes look at me and go, oh, Brad, it's just amazing what you do as a pastor. And I have to say, no, it's not. That's just my reasonable service. You know, it's not amazing when a dog is just a dog. Right? Have you ever thought about that? Dog? Anybody got dogs around here? Right? I wouldn't care for one. That's why we don't have one. And so it's all good. <laughs> and so, and so, don't ask my kids. They'll say yes. But, um, yeah, no, we're not giving away a dog. But, I mean, even though, now how many of you, you know, those that have had a dog, and I've had a dog in the past, when you have a dog, aren't you, you're excited when it meets you at the door, and it's wagging its little tail, 
right? And, and you're grateful that brings you pleasure. You understand that it's excited to see you, and that's why you have the little, little fur ball, right? But you're not shocked. Right. You don't sit there and go, that's just amazing. <laughs> did you see that dog wag its tail? That's astounding. How did he do that? It would be the fact of if he didn't wag his tail, you'd be like, is Fluffy sick? So when, when you do what is in you to do, it's just your reasonable service. It's just the dog wagging its tail. And the reason why I say that is, is so many times in discovering what our gift is, you probably are already doing it. You just think it's you. Because you're waiting for something spectacular. Because unfortunately, in the church world, we've trained people for that. Yes. How do you know when it's God's will for your life? It's when you don't want to do it. That's how you know. <laughs> right? That's how you know. Because you've heard every preacher say, well, you know, I didn't want to be a pastor. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. And God had to force me. <laughs> he had to make me. He had to trick me into doing it. Right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm like, we were told, and I'm like, yeah, I was supposed to be there, but I was being selfish. Yeah. Because that yesterday, I didn't take up my cross. I didn't deny myself. I didn't take up my cross, and I didn't follow him. Yeah. I wanted to do what I wanted to do, and that denying yourself is putting down your self will. That's right. What you think is right? What you feel like you ought to do, or whatever? Sure. Deny yourself, and that takes a daily work. Like when you get up in the morning. We got to pray and say, Lord, let my hands be your hands, let yeah. my feet be your feet, let my heart be your heart. Let me only speak what you say, Lord. That's right. You know, keep, kill anything that's fresh that out of me, Lord. Let me go where you want me to go because I don't have the ability to do it, but you have the ability to do it through me, Lord. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so. Well, there, and, to, and to encourage you as you grow more into it, and that's the thing, I love doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I was made to do this. From birth, I was designed to do this. I can finally comfortably say I know that for sure. Right? So for me, again, when we talk about denying ourselves, because I don't disagree with you, Cedric, what you're denying is the 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 sometimes the desire of selfishness. Right? The sometimes those times that creep up on all of us, right? When I say, well, I deserve. Anybody ever said that besides me? Well, I just deserve this, right? Well, you say, God, can we have a quiet day today? <laughs> you say, God, can we have a quiet, you know, God, can we have a quiet day today? Or what, what? there's just different things. But I want you to hear about denying yourself is that when you can look back and go, yeah, that's just selfish or self-centered. I'm doing X for self-gratification. Just, does that, and, and so don't be, because again, and the reason why I say that is, is because in the church world, I want, if I can help us overcome, yeah, again, y'all hear me say, I, I, I've made myself, this is me, I've made myself the self-appointed church myth buster, Right? <laughs> And, and one of the myths that I want to bust in church is that it's the God of opposite world. Yes. Oh, God of 
opposite world that you know, again, you know when it's the will of God, when it's completely, like, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll lay it out. Here's the example. Delane, don't ever, ever say out loud, I don't want to go to Africa. <laughs> now tell me why you shouldn't say that. Because, <laughs> right? That's what we, we all know that. Don't ever say, I don't want to go do X. Because what, the moment you say it, it's like you set God up for this cruel thing. <laughs> Or that's exactly what he's going to tell you to do. Yeah, that's right. You know, and you're going to absolutely, again, I used to believe, okay, that God, you know, again, that it was the whole idea of God would make you marry the ugly person. I did. I did. I did. I used to always, because that's what I was told. That's how you know. If it was something you wanted that couldn't be God. Because God's only going to lead you to opposite world. And that's how you know that you know that it's actually God is when he has to drag you kicking and screaming into his will. It almost called our marriage before we were married. And I had to overcome that. But listen to me. God, that's called abuse. <laughs> Does that make sense? We put people in prison for doing stuff like that. God is not known. That's why the Bible says God gives you the desires of your heart. Now, what will happen in your exchange that happens there is there will be a moment or moments when as you love Father, follow Father, and He becomes your delight, He will drop down in you a new desire, and that new desire may replace may push out an existing desire and you have to be willing to let the old be pushed out. Yeah. I was, you know, Alicia, talking about that. Story about mm-hmm. father, like about, we'll just say, like children's ministry, you try yeah. to avoid it. She said, but we keep coming back. She said, because we're good, good at it. At, well, you're called <laughs> to it. Because we are good, good at it. That's right. And you're called. Yeah. And, and if you can look back over time, and again, it's that if you can look back and see these repeated things, pay attention to that. Right? Any of y'all that know me and y'all see what I do here, do I only do it here? No. Where do I do it? I do it everywhere I go. What you see me do on Sundays is not anything different than what I do at my table, what I do at the job site, what I've, what I, again, I, I hope y'all still love me after what I'm about to say, because back to this gifting for the world thing. One of the best ministry times for the kingdom was when we lived in Canada and down the street from our house, there was a pub. Now, they call them pubs in Canada. We'd call it a bar down here. And it wasn't quite a honky-tonk because it wasn't loud. It was pubby because in Britain, they're not loud. They're real quiet. So you could actually have a conversation at this place. But it was called the Witch of Indoor, <laughs> which I laughed when I moved into town. I'm thinking some Pentecostal preacher kid started this bar because there's no way you're going back to that hole where Saul went when he called up the spirit of Samuel he went to the witch of Endor so they literally called this pub the witch of Endor but on Thursdays they had 10 cent chicken wings they had 10 cent chicken wings right you, you had to, here was the deal. You had to buy 10. So you had to spend a dollar and you had to buy a drink. Now the drink could be a beer or a Coke. It didn't matter. You just had to buy a drink. Right. And so 
And I went and, and I started meeting British guys that were there. Mark Vosper was one of them. And he came and said, hey, Brad, you want to go to the Witch of Endor on Thursday night for 10 Sit Chicken Wings? I said, yeah, let's go. And we had the best God conversations with all kinds of people sitting in a bar called the Witch of Endor, <laughs> eating chicken wings, and I'll just be honest, and drinking beer. You know, and, and people came to know Jesus and people grew in their relationship with God, but it was no different than what I'm doing right now with you. Yeah. Does this help make sense? Yeah. See, this is your specific gifting. You have one because you're a believer. It's your living sacrifice. It's your reasonable service. It's your cross that, like Jesus, you're not burdened to bear it. Was Jesus burdened to bear his cross? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, endured the shame, because he knew what would come on the other side of picking up what was his. Yeah, they won't. So can I just say this? If y'all hear of me going into places, please don't judge me, okay? All right? If y'all hear somebody says, did you know that pastor up there at Life of Faith? I saw him go into on-type brewery. Because I probably did. If you hear that, it's probably not rumor. I probably really went in there. And I can go and tell you what I'm drinking. I was probably drinking a Guinness, right? Or something like that. For real. And I was probably talking to somebody about Jesus. Okay, so just, <laughs> does that make sense? Can I just, just lay that out right there? And I'm just going to start a whole other conversation and all kinds of stuff. And it's okay, right? Does, does that make sense? But I probably did that. But I agree with you. We need to go places. Yes. We need to. People come into their church. Yeah. 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 Well, they, they had cigarette. What do you say? Smoked. You know, can I be just real honest? You know, it's been a secret dream of mine. We need a smoking section in every church. Can I just, can I just say that out loud? I would love to have a church and, and, you, and, and there's the smoking section, right? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sorry. I know that sounds strange. I know that sounds odd, but I'm just strange. But we got to carry who you are to the church into the world. Now I'm, I'm digressing. Let's get back on track, right? So remember, and now we're still at verse two, it says, so do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is he talking about in context? We talked about this last week, Romans chapter 12, Paul in context is starting to talk about the specific gifting of every believer and their place within the body of Christ for the church and for the world. So can I just bring this verse back into contextual light for a second? Because I know and I don't disagree because I teach it. Yes, this is talking about renew your mind, change the way you think, all of that kind of stuff. But in context, he's actually saying, so remember in regards to your living sacrifice, what is your living sacrifice? What God has gifted you to do, what he anointing he has given you to be, it's going to take some mind renewal for you to see yourself that way. 
So, in, so don't be conformed to what the world thinks you should be. Don't be conformed. Don't be put into the mold of what society says, oh, if you want to be a good little boy or you want to be a good little girl, you need to have a life that looks like this. He says, be transformed by renewing your mind to what God has anointed and called you to be. It took me years to get my mind renewed to say out loud, it's okay for me to say I want to be your pastor. Do you know how much that was taught against? Yeah. And I heard people literally say, well, if you say you want to be a pastor, then you're just some kind of evil, self-seeking, self-promoting person. You're an ambitious little snot, yeah. right? Because you want to be this. Because again, if you got to not want it, right. for, it to be spiritual. for it to be spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> this, but yet we tell people, but, but Miss Teresa, you need to want to do the will of God. Do you see how dichotomous, how, dichotomous, how two-minded we are and we wonder why people are unstable in all their ways? Because on one side, we tell them you shouldn't want it. And on the other side, we try to tell them you need to want it. Mm-hmm. He'll give you your desires. He'll give you the, but yes. Does that make sense? Can I just say this? Side? I want to be your pastor. Yeah. I want to be a good pastor yes. to you. I want to live my whole life filled with what God has gifted me to be for you. And I don't want to miss a piece of it. I want to, I want to eat it all. And it's okay to want it. And it's okay to desire it. And it's okay to have a... Remember, the only ambition the Bible says to guard against is selfish ambition. Yes. We, we guard against selfish ambition. But when we can sit there and say, no, I want what God has put in me because I want it for you. You heard me say this before. I'm just God's UPS guy. It's your gift. We're going to look at that today. It's, it's something God has given to you. I just get to be the guy that brings it to you and say, what'd you get? Mm-hmm. Right? Open this up. I'm just the UPS guy. Does, does, does this help? Does that make sense? Okay, let's keep going. So he says in verse 3, for I say through the grace given unto me, again, to every one of you. How many of you? Everyone. Seth, is that you? Are you an everyone? You are, buddy. You're part of it, man. You are to every one of you who is among us, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt unto each one of you a measure of faith. And we covered that in detail last time, right? So this is for you. You have a gifting for you, right? Now let's unpack this. You ready to start making this list, right? For we have many members in one body, verse 4, but all the members do not have the same function. So i got to stop here. Remember, we're talking about function. We're not talking about value. I am not more valuable because I am a pastor. It's just my function. That's why if you read on down in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about that's why, you know, the the toe can't say to the eye, I'm better, you're better. Or the ear can't say to the nose, I'm better, you're better. Or any part can't say to the other part, I'm better, you're better. 
So remember, when we talk about this, we are not talking about value. We're not talking about um, worth, importance. We're just simply talking about function. Your anointing, your ability, your function in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? Right? So, so we then being many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of each other. Having then, now here it is, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. And I love this. I got to talk about this word gifts there. It's the word we've heard it before. There's a magazine called it. It's charisma. In the Greek language, it's charis is one word, which is the word for grace. And the two little word ma, charisma. And all it means in English is that which grace produces. That's all it means. Grace, God's grace in your life is going to produce this gift. It's the charis ma, right? It's that which grace produces. So isn't that even cool that you don't even have to drum this up? The grace of God in you will produce your gift. All we have to do is be observant and look at our life, even when we're young, and start noticing the pattern. Start noticing what has always been present. Start noticing what has always been there from birth. And just walk through and go, oh, yeah, I can see this breadcrumb trail. I can see this gifting. I, I see this. This is, it's. And, and stop saying, well, that's just me. <laughs> no, that's the charis ma, that which grace is empowering. Does this help? All right, you ready? Every now and then, y'all, y'all, y'all doing good. I don't know if I'm, y'all just thinking, help a preacher out, say amen every now and then. Amen. <laughs> amen. So is this, so then having graces that are given unto us, so let us use them. Now notice this, here's number one, and we're doing three lists and we're going to join them together. If it's prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So there's a gifting of prophecy. It says here, our ministry, let us in our ministering, right? He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. So there's exhorting or exhortation. He who gives, here's another gift called giving with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Does that make sense? So let's go over this first list that Paul gives us. Here are the graces. Here are the anointings. Here are the giftings in this first list. He says, it's prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, mercy. There's seven. Did I miss any? Have y'all got seven down there? All right, now again, we won't have time today to unpack each one of these, but I'm going to tell but it's worth your time to get home, look at what these words mean. Here's how you do that. All right. You can get an app called the Blue Letter Bible. Anybody got Blue Letter Bible on your phone? Good. If you don't, it's a great app. Blue Letter Bible, you download the app. You can go to these verses and, and you click on the verse in your app and it opens up and there's some commands. And one of them says, 
an interlinear concordance. If you click on that, it opens up that verse and it shows you all the Greek words. Then you can go down to the Greek word that you're wanting to know, well, what does that mean? Because obviously there's a difference between ministry and teaching. Now, that's a new one for a lot of people because we call what I'm doing today ministry. And it ain't. I'm just teaching. Ministry is something else. So, everybody looking all right? All right. But you can click on those words and it'll open up and it'll let you see the Greek language, the definition. Then this is what I always tell people to do. This is a little bit of how to study your Bible. So you, let's say, for example, you click on the word for teaching. It opens up and tells you the Greek definition of the word teaching, which I don't know because I haven't looked at it in a number of years. So don't ask me. I have to get my phone out. It's in my pocket. Right? Does that make sense? But you click on it, and when it opens up down a little bit lower under the definition, there's another thing. It's my all-time favorite uh, study resource. I have on those shelves in the, in the office back there, I have it. It's called Thayer's Concordance to New Testament Words. And what Thayer did, and praise God for him, is he took everywhere that that word appears in the New Testament and he listed them. So you can see where that word shows up. And what that helps you do is, is because like English words, when you look at the Greek language, there's multiple definitions for a word like we have. But when you use it in Thayer's, it shows you the overarching view of how often that word was used as what, and it helps you define that word better. Can I go ahead and tell you, because I've done more research on the word teaching than the other ones in that list, we would call that word pastor. Mm -hmm. We would call that word because Paul uses it, and we'll look at he uses it again. And all three, so... That word talks to me. This makes sense. As you study these, you're going to find yourself resonating with some of the words that you look at the definitions. Right? Pay attention to what resonates. How do I know? What do you mean by resonates, Brad? Does it mean you get goose gums? Well, maybe. Normally what I found when I mean by resonates is you get mad. Because <laughs> you read the word and you go, that's what the church is missing. David, that's what's missing in the church right there. If just more people did with that one word right there, if that Pastor Brad just did more of that, then our church would be awesome. <laughs> you need to pay attention because that's you. The reason why it got you upset is because it was poking you. It was aggravating you because it's going, yeah, dummy, we need more teachers. Right? Does this help? Amen. Amen. So we're going. So there's that list. Go over real quick. And for time, I don't even know what time it is. I'm, I'm losing track. 12. Okay, good. Because I, y'all were very gracious last week. I promise I will not do that often. Y'all sat here for an hour and a half. Right? And so, because I, I, I understand that the heart can only receive what the backside can endure. And y'all must have had the grace of God on you. Because I'm just not that good, right? And it was, it was awesome. So let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now here it's interesting. It starts, and there's two lists in chapter 12. Next week, when we talk more about this, we'll look at the first list. It's the gifts of the Spirit. It's important to look at those. Those are big when we talk about corporate anointing. But we've got to do this. So I want to go to the 
end of this chapter 12. And I want us to look at this because Paul gives us another list. Here's another Bible interpretation tip or tool when you're looking to interpret the Bible. Look at books written by the same author. Like, for example, we're talking about anointings. We're talking about ministry giftings and abilities. We know that Paul, and we're going to get to it in just a second, Paul did the famous Ephesians chapter 4. So how I looked at this and I brought it to you is I said, well, did Paul talk about this anywhere else? Oh, well, we just read Romans. Who wrote Romans? Right. Who wrote 1 Corinthians? I go and I look at books written by the same author of the Bible about the subject under discussion. Right. And I'm going to see a congruency. Right. Because how many of you have heard famously that there's five ministry gifts? What are those five gifts? That's exactly right. And how many of you have heard and that, that's them? There they are. We just read seven. Come on now. This should get y'all really excited. Right. Because you're not counted out. There are no super dupers. There's dysfunctions. That's all there are. Right? What are they laughing about bodily functions? Anyway, but <laughs> that's where my brain went. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> I know. Anyway, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, before I get myself in deeper trouble. So here, Paul, he's speaking here. He's, he's speaking here about body life. He's talk, this is the famous thing where he talks about we are one body. The ear can't say this. The nose can't say that. The toe can't say this, this, that, and the other. And it comes down to the end. And I'm going to pick up in verse 27. And it says, now you are the body of Christ. And let me back up. Let's go to verse 18. Verse 18, and we'll jump to 27. Verse 18 says, but God has now set the members. How many of them? Each one, everyone. So how many members of the body of Christ has God set in its place? Every single single member. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a part of the body and God has placed you in a spot. He has given you a function. He has given you an ability. He has given you anointing every single one, just as he pleased. Right. So now we jump down to 27. So now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. So now these in the church, is that an exclusive club? Who are these these? Every one of us is part of the these. Does this mean you see this in context? Right. So these are what's in the church. It says first apostles. Now I got to stop here. He's going to do a little bit of first, second, third. He's not talking about hierarchy. He's talking about function. First of all, apostle. What he means is, is the first one in an area is the person who brings the message, the apostle. There's always a groundbreaker, right? First of all, apostles. Second comes a prophet. So behind an apostle will always come a prophet gift. Third will come a teacher. What do you think that word means? Pastor. Same word. We just read in Romans chapter 12. Right? So do you see this? It's not a hierarchy. But how many of you know we've, we've treated it too much like that in the church, right? Yeah. 
Because everybody's trying to get to, well, I started out, I'm, I'm in third place now, Brother Ken. I'm, I'm a pastor. But if I'm a good little boy and I do a real good job and I pay my dues, then in a little while I can step up and I can be prophet bread. Right? And if I spend some time in prophet land, then if I'm a good little boy and I pay my dues, I can step up and I can be apostle bread. Oh, yeah. Then I'll know I have arrived, right? Because I'll have all my little ministry minions under me. Come on now. It's, it's not funny if it wasn't true. Remember, everything you laugh at has a measure of truth in it, right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be so sad or so funny if it wasn't so true. So we're not talking about hierarchy. We're talking about function, Right? What God has anointed you to be. He says, so there's apostles, there's prophets, there's teachers. Now notice this. And after these, here's another ministry gift, miracles. Right? Gifts of healings. Hello? If, you, if you're here and you've got a strong burning desire, you, you, you say, why don't we see more miracles? Why don't we see more Healings, it might be that you're finding yourself. So we don't ask it of the Lord. We don't ask it of the leader of our organization. We first ask it of me. Right? Okay. It says, then helps. Administrations. Now here's an interesting one. Varieties of tongues. Now, we're not talking about the general use of tongues. We're talking about a ministry gift of tongues. There is a difference, and I don't have time this morning to talk out the two, but there is a difference. Every believer can ask the Lord for the baptism of the Spirit, and every believer can speak in tongues. That's part of the general anointing. This is specifically talking about a ministry gift of tongues. Does that make sense? That there's a ministry gift of tongues. I'll tell you a story. One a story we were there. Um, I think I've told it here before with Brother Hagen, and I videoed this. But there was a group of Native Americans who came from far northern Alberta, Canada, and they saved up for two years and they drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I interviewed them and we asked them why they came, and they said because two years ago a VHS tape showed up in our village of Brother Hagen's 1996 Winter Bible Seminar. And when he put it in the VHS machine and we were watching the service, he started speaking in our language, saying, receive the baptism of the Spirit. And the whole place fell out and everybody got baptized. That is a ministry gift of other tongues. That's different than what you and I can have as regular believers just speaking in tongues. Does that make sense? I'll, I'll, you know, there's, there, there's all kinds of stuff. There's a gift of the Spirit. See, and, and how do you know something is for everybody that shows up everywhere? Does that make sense? And so there's a general thing. There's a specific thing. We'll look at it, and I'm just going to tell you one more story. There's a gift of the Spirit in the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that's a gift of the Spirit of tongues. That's as the Spirit wills. It's, it's totally divine and providential. We had that happen in Mexico. We had a missionary come down named Kevin Pilger. 
And Kevin came down. Kevin was as white as I am. Man, he is as white, white, white. He's a whitey from way in the Midwest, and he knew no Spanish. Kevin's one I always like, laugh about because Kevin did what a lot of uh, white missionaries do when we go into places is, is the people didn't understand him, so he started talking louder. <laughs> and I had, to pull him, I had to pull him aside and say, they, they, they don't know, they just think you're mad. So you need to go learn Spanish because talking to him in English loudly is not helping, right? You're not punching through, right? But we're at a prayer time. We're at a prayer time on a Wednesday night, and he's on the back row with the other single young guys in the church, and we're all praying in the spirit like we do here on Thursdays, and we were praying. And after that prayer service, one of our young uh, men, Jorge, came up to me, and he said, Brad, that Kevin guy, man, he can speak some good Spanish. And I remember going... Pardon? <laughs> what do you mean he can speak some good Spanish? You go, yeah. I was sitting next to him and we were praying and he said this and this and this and it was things I was asking God about and he just gave such clear godly wisdom and I said, whoa, whoa, you need to say. And I said, hey, Kevin, come here. I called Kevin over. I said, talk to Jorge in Spanish. And Kevin tried and Kevin's eyes got real big and he goes, Jorge's eyes got real big and goes, that wasn't Kevin, was it? I said, no, brother, that was God. That was a gift of the Spirit that he was speaking, whatever he was speaking, and you just heard Spanish, and God was talking to you. Does, does this make sense, right? So these are all these different abilities, right? So did y'all write those down? Here's another list, right? Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, Tongues. I got eight there. All right, so eight and seven is 15. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four. We'll land the plane. Then we're going to put our list together. Because guys, listen to me. You are somewhere in this list. Yes. How many of us have received a gift? Eli, how many of us? Does that include you? You're in this list. We're putting together a list and you're in it. Uh-huh. Helps. What do we got? Helps. Administrations. Administrations. Could be like leadership. Well, here's one. You hit a point, Tabitha. In the first list in Romans 12, there's leadership. In the other one, there's administrations. These two gifts alone speak to an aspect of government. There is a ministry gift of governing our nations, our cities, our towns, our states. It's politics. Did you know there is a ministry gift for politics? I try to encourage people all the time. If you're all mad at everybody because of the political situation going on, you might want to take time to see if that's not just ringing the bell of your heart. Yeah. Amen. Okay, I'll leave that right there. Okay. <laughs> so Ephesians chapter 4, right? Ephesians chapter 4. Right now, this is speaking of, of Christ and, and the church. It says in verse 7, what does those first several words say? But, but to each one of us, a charisma or a grace was given. To how many of us? To each one of us. Now, this is important that we stand this out here because we have beat up the body of Christ with this passage of Scripture for way too long. Because this is where we get the idea of super dupers. Mm -hmm. Right? Super dupers. The five fold super dupers. 
right? The Justice League of the church, <laughs> right? Right, and it, and it goes on there, it says in verse eight, therefore he says, when he ascended on high and he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to who? To men, to his people. It, the word really is to the world. To the church and the world. Who did Jesus give these gifts to? The church and the world. He gave gifts unto men, humans, people, the planet, humanity. Right? So remember, this is bigger than we've ever imagined. Right? I'm going to skip those two verses because it's a great conversation, but it'll, it'll, we'll do that closer to Easter. Verse 11, it says, And he himself gave some, right? Now let's listen, apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Right? Now how many, li- how many gifts are in that list? Four. Four. How do you know it's four? Pastor and teachers are together. Notice the language. This is, I'm sharing again something that you're not going to hear anywhere else. How many have ever heard of the five-fold ministry? I'm here to tell you that is incorrect Bible teaching from this passage. It's not five-fold. It's just another four. Right. How do we know that? Look at the language used. Remember, one of the keys of interpreting Scripture is you do interpret Scripture grammatically. It was written a certain way. Language is important. Grammar is important. Right? And it says, so, notice this. He gives the categories. He says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers. There's no, there's no some teachers. Do you see this? Have you ever wondered why all, can I just be mean just for one little second? Have you ever wondered why the TV teachers, the parachurch teachers, they all somehow mysteriously, miraculously, somehow have this idea that at some point I got to start a church. Has that only been me? That brother so-and-so from TV, he's the teacher. Next thing you know, he's got a church. I'm not surprised. Why? Because he's a pastor. Does that make sense? There's no difference between these. The language teaches us there's four in this list. Here's another reason why we don't do this. You never, everybody say never. 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 Build a doctrine on one verse. This verse here is the only verse in the New Testament where the term pastor shows up. The only place. There's no other place where pastor shows up. So why do we build a whole doctrine on one verse when we would never tell anybody to do that? That's why Paul says, oh, they're pastors and Teachers. Now, teacher shows up. It's the same word we just read in Romans 12. It's the same word we just read in 1 Corinthians 12. Right? 
We understand when Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and he tells Timothy, you must be as an overseer, different word for the same thing, you must be able to teach. Why do you think Paul told him that? Because he was a pastor. Does this help at all? But this is some. You're in this some. So now this is apostle. This is prophet, evangelist, and the teacher-pastor combo. Right? I'm just going to call them all pastor or teacher. So did you write that down? That's four. So we had 15. Now I have 19. Now some of these are repeats. Let's go over this. Remember, we're making a master list, right? And we'll land the plane on this. Can we combine them all together and we're going to squish together our repeats? Well, we know teacher showed up three times, so that's a repeat. Right? Prophecy showed up twice or three times. I can't remember. Three, I think. Apostle showed up twice. Is that right? So let's squish those together. Can, can y'all, my listy people, y'all help us combine this together into one list? Right? I'll play the Jeopardy theme song. I don't think so. They're two separates. I believe so. So I believe we should have a list of about 15. That sounds very familiar to me from the last time I did this. So how, let's just say for sake of time, how many ministry gifts are there? So why can't you find you in a list of 15? <laughs> Amen. So listen, so there's apostles, prophets, the pastor, teacher, what else are they? Somebody read off our list. Miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administration, variety of tongues, evangelists. Then you have uh, ministry, giving, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. That's pretty awesome. Because that, that's, you are at least one of those. Every believer, you have at least one of those. I do think God sometimes lets people double dip. Or he doubles them up. And certain, we see that in the pastor-teacher combo. There's sometimes there may be two. But you're at least one of those. So, Mercy, well, I need to decide. It's been years, kiddo, since I've done this. And I probably need for all of us, since I've opened this can of worms, I'll need to give some time and unpack some of these and let's talk about them. So let's, let's let that be some of our stuff. Well, and it's Mercy is talking about, it's some, I mean, we kind of throw that out there. That's more like giving. So let me see. So Mercy is more like this is... Yes, like when you see stuff and you want to you want to write injustice, you want to give mercy, right to to someone. You want there to be. Remember, grace is getting what you didn't deserve. Mercy is getting is not getting what you do deserve. So you you want to see people. Yeah, you want to see people liberated. You want to see people set free. You want to have this mercy, but there is a deep compassion. In that mercy gift. You see Jesus. Now Jesus was all of these because he is the head. You see a lot of the mercy in what maybe one day we'll get to when it says, and he was moved with compassion. There's a deep mercy inside of you that you see stuff and you're like, we've got to do something. 
And, and it's just this moving of things. Does that, but, but it's worth, I'll need to go back and restudy what those are, but there's mercy. Again, there's giving. People who, that's their, that's their ministry gift is, is they give, they're generous, right? Does that help? You know, we've always said administrations and leadership are governance, the ability to lead organizations, cities, states, nations, all of that is a ministry gift. Yes? You just helped me out with something. Good. Because, you know, I've had like so many people tell me, man, you got such a gift. Music, you know, mm-hmm. but I have no desire to be up there. <laughs> My desire is to teach. Yeah. You know? Now, but you sit there and explain the mercy thing. See, I have a big part of bringing black, white, and all religious backgrounds together. Yes. So we can go ahead and get through survival thing and get it over. <laughs> That's right. It ain't going to happen until we all come together. That's right. And so, wherever I go, that's just my heart. And, and, and to have mercy of. If these white people over here thinking this or whatever, have mercy on them. That's right. You get what I'm saying? Yes. If these black black people over here, have mercy on them. That's right. Let's talk, let's understand, let's come together. That's exactly body, right. You know? And so, and and I always I always wondered what that was. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered what that was, but I can see that that's a gift of mine. Absolutely. Mercy. Yes. You know, but that right there is just an anointing. Yes. I feel that. Yes. God. I'm able to do something. Yes. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Did you find the word? Yeah, I'm in the interlinear in the letter Bible, and it says to have mercy on, to help when afflicted or seeking aid, to help the afflicted, to bring help to the wretched, to experience mercy. So in that verse, that's what it's talking about. That's awesome. Absolutely. To the afflicted, to that. I mean, again, homeless ministry would be some of the act of mercy. What you're saying, interracial causes are acts of mercy. Again, the trafficking situation, acts of mercy. Uh, the people who do the things like the halfway houses and drug team challenge would be a ministry of mercy. Would be these are all mercy oriented giftings. But guys, let's do let's do some homework. Look at these things. Remember that this is a process of discovery. You've probably, you're going to see, you, your gifting has always been with you. It, again, it'll be very rare. There's a few folks, there are, and they're the ones who give the, t- there's a few folks that, yes, it, it seems to them to come out of the blue. Normally what I've found is it's, Folks who have believed some form of a lie about themselves, whether they realized it or not. I'll land the plane. We're very connected to Andrew Womack's ministry. So please hear what I'm about to say. I love Brother Andrew. He's awesome. I would not speak disparagingly of him at all. Right? But he's famous for telling the story about he was such an introvert, right, that he would walk down the road one day and a man was coming and the man passed him and said good morning and he was two blocks down the road before he said good morning in, re- in reply. And he says, that's how introverted I was. And God called me to preach. And, see, and I would sit there and say this. I, say, I, I, I would say, Brother Andrew, with all my love, no, that was just rude. <laughs> you, you missed a life lesson somewhere in your parenting because who we see you are today the man who's able to stand up and preach and lead and do what you do as an apostle and those kind of things, that's who you actually are. You just believed a lie back here called introvert. But you were never an introvert. 
Who you are now is who you were then. Just somebody put a different label on you somewhere and you believe the label. Remember we talked about that analogy a little while ago. You would never get mad at a can of corn if you bought it at the store and it had a wrapper on it that said peas. You would get mad at whoever put the wrong wrapper on it, but you would love and enjoy the corn. Right? So many times what it is is we have received false labels Right, that we believe about ourselves, right? But who you are, who God has equipped you, anointed you, graced you to be, has probably been with you all the way through. And you can look back and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Have you ever said, I've always been good at that? I'm always good at that. Well, that's, that's part of your anointing. Run, that's okay to run with that. Drop the whole myth of opposite world. Right? Pick up what you have seen has been with you this whole time. Go into the scripture. Open up these words. Look at them. See what resonates with your heart. See if anything ignites some good old righteous indignation in you. And go, awesome. Praise God. Does that make sense? Again, you'll find a parallel with these. Jesus was all of these. So that's why I tell you, pay attention to your Jesus stories. What do I mean by that? There's normally, you've got a Jesus story that just gets you fired up. And you, again, you say things like, if we were only more like this as the church. Well, that's just letting you know, oh, that's because that's the part of Jesus that you are. Does that make sense? Pay attention to your Jesus stories. Mine are always been, right? That he saw them and they were scattered without a shepherd. He saw them and so he stopped and he taught them. He saw them so he walked with them further down the road and opened to them the scriptures. These are always, as well as the ones that ring the bell of my heart, are the ones where the woman who was caught in adultery, right? The tax collectors and how he was called a friend of sinners. Those things ring the bell of my heart so hard. Those are my Jesus stories. Well, that just, that's because that's who I am. Does that make sense? I mean, well, Lord, we love you so much. So grateful for this time. Father, thank you for all that you're doing for us and with us and through us. Just bring these things more and more to light in the name of Jesus. Help our church people see and know who you have made them already to be. Help them in their process of discovery. Lord, I pray for myself, for them. Lord God, help me see by your spirit what you put inside of them. Lord, just as you saw Philip under the tree that day and you knew his path, you knew his future, you knew what he would become. Lord, help me have that ability. Help Kevin have that ability for them as their pastors. Selena and Audra, Lord, as well, in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we just thank you that you have a gift for each one of us. That you left none of us without an anointing. Lord, and something we can do to serve not just the church, but the world as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.